Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with With daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'll tell you what, Phil. I was at Featherston on Sunday. The podcast has started. And... Um, It was cold. And I was uh, <laughs> as I was walking up the steps to the legend suite because I got invited in. I think everyone can go in, in fairness. Um, everyone was saying it's cold. These are the people from Featherston. They're supposed to be, you know, anti-summer rugby and everything, but they were firmly in favor of not playing in January on a Sunday. <sighs> Bitterly cold. Almost as disappointed as Wakefield's performance, but this is a positive podcast, so we can't talk about that. Featherston looked good, though. We've all gone Nesh. What? We've all gone Nesh. We all used to watch rugby in these kind of... Somebody posted on social media, I think it's... Is it uh, 30 years ago? Maybe even 40. I've forgotten how old I am. I think it is 40. Um, for a preliminary round Challenge Cup tie when Kells played Leeds in January uh, at the recreation ground in, in Whitehaven. And I can remember that, getting on the old Wallace trolley, and which probably didn't have heating in those days. And seeing the glow over Whitehaven from Sellafield as you came in and a huge partisan crowd. I think there were maybe four and a half thousand there supporting Kells. It must have been about minus 20. And even if it wasn't, it must have felt like it was. And then we got back on the coach and got back at three in the morning. We loved it. That was our way of life. And now, oh, it's odd to this Sunday. Oh, it'd be a bit cold. I probably won't bother going. I think my career has gone full circle. And I started you know, 20 years ago this October covering non-league football and rugby union and cricket. And I will never forget how cold it is at Frickley. And, and as the mist rolls in over the slag heaps. And I'm glad that I can now sit in a house and just do a podcast and not have to uh, go out and do anything anymore. Uh, but, you know, I'm grateful for those days. You know, the, the past, it's good, but, you know, it's gone now. So, uh, so, so wait for it. Wakefield have gone from winning oh, Super League yeah, yeah. Uh, because of their brilliant display against Halifax to uh, now probably unable to avoid relegation because of one pre-season result. Well, they were shouting going down at us, Phil. The fair fans were shouting <laughs> going down. So we shouted staying down at them because it's banter, isn't it? Um, Featherston were the better team. That's, that's what I can say. I mean, I was stood behind the sticks. So you get that view of whatever you can see. They look good with ball in hand, Fez. Um We, we weren't as good. <laughs> Depending on when you listen to this as well, three signings to be announced Wednesday morning, um, which is, you know, which is great. They're, 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 they're going for it. But um, I, I do think as well, we've had the, the championship launch this week. Um, looks like a great competition. Uh, there, there, there are four or five teams you could genuinely say um, 
they got a chance. I mean, Fever and one of these clubs, and we'll hear from another one later, are doing the smart thing of giving away season tickets to juniors for free. So I signed my nephew up for one, just you know, just in case we go back later in the year to uh, watch Fever. I think he wants to watch him against Bradford because his dad supports Bradford. So uh, we'll be firmly. I mean, I can't obviously go in, in feathers and colours or anything, can I? Because I'm a Wakefield supporter, but no. firmly supporting the Colliers in their efforts against Bulls. Uh, who who aren't back apparently because they, they didn't beat Leeds, but it was a, a valiant effort and all that. It's a friendly. Nothing, nothing matters at the minute. Nothing matters. The the great thing about that game was that over seven thousand people turned up. Yeah, brilliant. And that shows again that you know there is genuine potential in this rivalry, um, and and you know whatever Super League might look like over the next couple of years or so, um, that there is something there to build on. I, th- I think the other. I don't know, uh, advantage for Bradford fans was that arguably two of the three best players wearing a lead shirt on Sunday will be playing for Bradford this season. So uh, it was a win-win in many respects, even though they lost. But I think the important thing is it, it got some significant money into the club. Um, everybody who went said, you know, it, it's great to be back as in having those two teams on. Two, those two iconic colours playing iconic. against each other. It gave um, it gave the chance for for Bradford to run a lot of footage of matches they'd beaten Leeds at their heyday of the Super League era, which is great because if that gets people involved and uh, rekindles the, the the spirit, good luck to them. And and Scoey was there as well as a guest of Nigel Wood. Yeah, it was. How is he? Because people ask all the time, how is he? He's fine when there's a free lunch on offer. <laughs> We did get a comment on uh, YouTube because I posted a video of us talking about vaccinations, which went down as well as you'd expect. It said, this is why no one watches this programme anymore, having watched the programme to, to leave the comment. But it's not as good as being, being called the for tweeting Channel 4, but I thought it was making an important point. I can't criticise the BBC about saying BBC Rugby and BBC RL and not do the same thing with Channel 4 because that would be unfair. It's a fair point. I mean, they've made an advert, Phil, and according to everyone on the internet, they're already better than Sky. So, you know, we can bin <laughs> off Sky now, take your money away. It's all right. Now, I'm looking forward to the first game on Channel 4. It's going to be a big, be big moment for the sport. And it's funny because now ITV have signed this deal with Rugby Union, who obviously may have or may not have got slightly perturbed by the fact that a similar product is going to be on free-to-air television. Um, but, you know... We, we, both codes have got the same issue in so much as, I mean, they haven't got the issue because they've got the international rugby that people want to go into a pub and watch. But at club level, they've got the same issue. I think it's Sale and Leicester on this week. We've got Leeds and Warrington. It's selling that to people outside of supporters of that club because England will get people to watch because it's a national team, whether it's rugby, football, cricket, whatever. But the club game, we're not football, so we have to sell something on top of it. So we'll see how Channel 4 do with that. And of course, we wish them well. We want it to be a success. And I'm sure it will be to some extent. I think we'll give it a different angle. And that's what a lot of people are asking for. It'll have to look and feel different, probably younger, sexier, more vibrant. Uh, their their presentation will reflect that. I think they're conscious of the fact that they that, that they want it to, to be a different watching experience. And... I have to say that um, I tweeted about this after the weekend. I'm I'm not a devotee of the NFL, but when you get sport right, you can't not watch it. You don't even have to have a team. 
Um, they they came up with a, an, an unbelievable weekend where every game went to the very last play. That's all sport can ask for. But when it does that, uh, you know, you, you've you've won somebody over it. You'll watch the following week because now you want to know some of the personalities and characters you picked up on how they progress. So, and, I, and I think we're both codes of rugby are in that same boat. And the, the good thing from our point of view is we do have those characters. We do have those personalities and we haven't sold them enough. And now we get somebody with a different set of eyes that will go, wow, I, I never really realised the you know, acrobatic nature of Tom Johnson. We're going to, we're going to build into that or whatever it might be. So you're, uh, you've reminded me because you won't have seen this. Tom Johnston's hair is shocking. <laughs> it, it is very, Australian um, well, and not in I'm envi- enviable of anybody who has hair, so I'm not going to criticise it. Younger, sexier, more vibrant is the new uh, strap line for the podcast, by the way. I think we'll go with that one. Why are we leaving? Um, two my things wife, about... My wife though, just looked at me like, what? <laughs> new presenter, obviously. <laughs> two things are back. Um, scrums. Scrums, yeah. We've made 85% uh, threshold on uh, vaccinations, but the important thing is, I think, that is the essence of, of what we are. And, I, and I'm glad that even though, you know, on the on Premiere and on, on Channel 4, we're going to see scrums return. I think they are integral to the sport, whether it's the scrums of old that are, uh, you know, contested, doesn't matter. It just changes the complex of that 80 minutes. It's a different set of skills. Uh, and the bash is back. Um, not not going to be at, um, at Blackpool by the seaside. It's going to be on the beach at Headingley. Um but it's back, and and I think again the the great thing with it with it is that it's an event, and the sport needs events. I I still think a bit like um, Magic Weekend. It would be better if it was integral to the season rather than an extra round grafted on, so everybody's got to play each other three times instead of two. I, I do think that the fixtures that they picked are, are absolutely perfect because that is a division that absolutely thrives on rivalry particularly local derbies and the bulk of them are and um looks like looks like some great games and and you know being somebody who doesn't normally get to go to the bash that often because it often coincides with around a super league um you know when it's on your doorstep you'd be foolish absolutely not to go and watch it so i hope it gets you know 10,000 people there each day um it, it presumably premiere covering it even though it isn't a monday night um, I believe know. they're showing them all. I believe, well, I've, I've, I'm sure about that somewhere, and maybe games on free sport as well. So, yeah, yeah great. Let's, let's make let's let's absolutely make the most of that and and make the stadium look full. So uh, let's focus on the championship and League One because uh, we can do Super League next week when, yeah. when they have their launch. I think um, having looked at the fixtures, I think I'm going to go to the Sunday. I think I've, having been to every bash so far, I've got to go because I've got to keep the record up. I'm going to go on the Sunday. I think. Uh, for the uh, for the Cumbrian extravaganza, will you get the same media fare? Because that was the other great thing about Blackpool. That was the, be- ca- the good thing about cakes. That. You got cakes between matches. I don't know if you'll get that ahead in. No, that is that is that is a shame. Can you can you have a word? I mean, you 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 know people. Well, see see what I can do. Make sure, you, well, only for selected people. Um, <laughs> that's if they let me in. You know, I don't know if I'm on the RFL's media list anymore. Um, I've got me a got me a quotation. It's in the drawer next to me. Um, while we were talking about Featherson, because I just remembered, um, sad news at the weekend. Uh, Pete Dutton's passing. Who I must have spoken to more online than I have in in real life, as uh, tends to be with much things these days. But 
had some long conversations at media launches in the past. We were at the uh, the one just before the season got cancelled in 2020 and had a great chat about Featherstone and Bradford and stuff. So, you know, sad news in the week. Um, nice minutes applause at, at Featherstone for him on, on Sunday, and, uh, Sunday and obviously, you know, thoughts with his friends and, and family at this difficult time. It has been for many people in the past uh, couple of years. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's happened. I don't think there's anything else news-wise we need to speak about. Um, uh, we know that the, the All-Stars game is back and yes. that money, money is going to be raised for Tonga, which is fantastic. But I think we'll, we'll talk about that again as, as it becomes nearer. Um, and, and some concerns over Toulouse. But again, I think that's probably for next week because uh, the excitement at the moment is the start of the championship season and the next round of the Challenge Cup, which... Uh, it is. Which is great, uh, and in a special uh, special interview now with uh, Martin Kellner's celebrity club, is, is he their celebrity fan or is it his brother? Both, I think they come as a pair. I mean, does Martha support Swinton? This is the thing we need to know because she's she's the highest profile now. I mean, I work I with I work, ha- I work with his son, but I don't think he's as famous as his sister now. No, I'd be hoping that the next time Martha's talking about whatever may be happening in US politics, she'll be wearing that. Blue and white rosette. Uh, we're, we're talking Swinton because uh, the Lions are in action this week against West Wales Raiders in the Challenge Cup. They're in League One. They're fighting back. And a man who's a part of that fight back is their Director of Development, which is a great title. It is uh, Damien Ridpath, and he will close out the podcast for the next 30 minutes or so. So before we start the recording, Damien told us, "You're not, you're not little old Swinton. But tell, tell, tell me what, what's going on. What's going on with the Swinton Lions? Why are you not little old Swinton these days?" Um, I think there's been a perception uh, fr- from the league or from rugby league in general since Swinton's been so nomadic over since the loss of Station Road in I think it's 30 years ago, actually 1992. I think the last game at Station Road. Um, and there's been a perception that the club is, I suppose, yeah, nomadic. Um, we've put firm roots down now when we've played at Hayward Road. I think it's our eighth year or something of, of that ilk. And what we've found is, although we've got our traditional fan base from M27, area Swinton, we've now got a fan base that's stretching right across Greater Manchester. We've got a big cohort of people that support the club. We live in Sale and the borough of Trafford. Right across to Manchester. In fact, when we did our season tickets recently, or the ones we've sold up to now, we've actually got fans from 12 or 13 different local authorities coming to Swinton, including people from North Wales, people from London, and people from Kent. (laughs) Some sort of affinity to Swinton. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're growing rapidly. Off field, our foundation is... We've engaged with over 12,000 people in the last 12 months. And at some point, that's going to transfer into weekly fans, such like. So we're doing, we're doing all right. I mean, I'm in, I'm in West Yorkshire. We're, all our little bits hate each other. What's it like in Greater Manchester? Because obviously Salford there, Swinton, Rochdale, Oldham, Wigan, whatever. And, and obviously the football clubs, some slightly big football clubs around there. Sales Sharks as well. There's, there's a lot of a lot of sport to uh, attract people to their grounds. Yeah, there is. It's competition, almost certainly. Um, 
yeah, we get when Swinton are a lovely club, we get on with everyone. But that's about best way of saying it. We, we do have, of course, we've got friendly rivalries. We sold, we played Salford two weeks ago. It was great. We've got friendly rivalries um, with Salford. We've got friendly rivalries with Rochdale. We've got friendly rivalries with Oldham. There, there are players at each of the clubs who've played for each other and and stuff like that. So it's always a good day when we play. I mean, for example, when we played Oldham last year um, on Awood Road, it was a, a twenty-two all draw, and there was nearly there was sixteen hundred on the. Considering the bottom two teams in the competition at the time, 1,600 people attracted to that game. And it was a great atmosphere. It was absolutely fantastic, actually. Um, and that was in mid-August as well, summer period. I think if it had been a little bit earlier in the year or maybe in September, the crowd would have, would have been a lot, probably a bit higher as well. I think, the fam- yeah. I think the family from London must be the Kellners. Um, but we'll gloss over them. They get far too much publicity anyway. It's actually um, not. But there you go. I think they, they're your celebrity supporters. We keep mentioning it to Martin every time we speak to him. Um, yeah. I, I was going to ask you about League One this year because obviously um, there's a fair amount of focus on Super League. That's going to be on Channel 4. The Championship is going to be on uh, Premier League One. You, you're going to have a little bit of it on the Sportsman. But what can we expect from, from League One this year? Clearly, um, these next two years are pretty crucial for every team and where they're going to sit. How, how are you approaching it? Uh, we're we're approaching it with a positive mindset and a positive promotion. Uh, if you look at League One, it's the most diverse competition in the whole of the rugby league. It's all over the UK. That's got to be embraced. Um, we've already spoke to Cornwall. We you know we've spoken to West Wales about stuff we can help them with bringing fans and and of that ilk and stuff. So we're we're entering it with a real positive mindset. Um, we've We've retained the majority of our squad from last year, which I don't know if you're aware of Swinton's season last year. We finished bottom by default in terms of we played more games, so our percentage, points percentage, we wouldn't have finished bottom. Otherwise, well, we'd have finished one above that. But the number of injuries we got last year was horrendous. Apparently in the club, they've never known anything like it. And just to give you an example, in 26 matches, league and cup, we were forced to make 196 changes in them games. We never, we never average of seven and a half a week. We never named the same 13 or 17 twice ever throughout the season. Um, and we had big injuries to key players. So Liam Forsyth, um, Louis Sarton, uh, Richard Lapori, between them, played something like five games for the whole season. So we missed some of our key experienced players. On top of that, um, we didn't get the rub of the green in anything. It was just, it was it was like Hollywood it would make a brilliant movie in Hollywood all. And in terms of I mean we ended up with five five points or whatever it was. But actually when you analyze the season you see the amount of games that were lost by two, three or six points. One more score in each of them games, we'd have finished eighth. It was literally as tight. The championship last season was brilliant. It was really, really competitive. Uh, and and in, even though we finished bottom, we only really got drilled twice by York at home and by Toulouse. Everybody else, we were majorly competitive in, in every single game. And I think, like I say, we'd be, the squad, everybody in the club understood what had gone on last year and where we were at and what we were trying to develop, what we were trying to do. And given the, the board that's in place now 
only literally came in place last the October before that season. Everybody can see our journey of travel and where we're at and where we're going. So the relegation in one respect was disappointing, but actually it's made us revisit the club, look at what we need to do, look at our infrastructure, where we're going, what we're doing, and we're in a really, really positive mindset. Um, and I've seen the bookies have made us joint favourites with Keithley. Um, I'll let them do that. We'll do that. The lads will do the talking when they play. I think they set a very strong marker beating Whitehaven on Sunday. Um, and Whitehaven brought a strong side. And considering they finished in the playoffs um, the year before, it was a brilliant game. And, we, and you know, we beat them uh, 28-22. And we played really, really well. Considering we used 21 players as well, so there's loads of people on and off the pitch. And we play, you know, the performance levels was was very good, considering this time of the year as well. We're we're advocates of not reading too much into pre-season results, but um, but clearly that's that's encouraging. In terms of financially, how much pressure is there on you to get promoted this year? You say that the bookies have made you joint favourites, but we all know that there's a, a two-year stay of execution over the sport at the moment as regards central funding. The likelihood is that come next season, you're going to need to be in the championship. Um, can you could could you survive if you weren't? You're telling me something that we've not heard, Phil. Where's this coming from? Is this uh, is is it, have you got a secret squiddle somewhere telling you stuff? Because no, that, I, you know the, the way we see it from from the league is um, we're we're an extremely sustainable operation. We run Swinton does not spend what it's not got. It's as simple as that. So we're very very sustainable. Um, We've got some real. We've got a fantastic fan base. Although, obviously, we want it to be bigger. They're probably the best fan base in the country, pound pound for pound, for what they put into the club. Um, we've got our supporters trust. We've got our pride builder. We've got some really good sponsorship this year. Um, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the significant figures on on the podcast, but really, really good investment from 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 sponsors as well. Um, we, we certainly met our targets and what what we set out to do, considering it's League One and everybody says oh, it's a bit of a black hole and uh, it's hard to get sponsors. We've retained quite a number of sponsors and we've also brought new sponsors on board who are investing in, in the club and what we're about and where how we're developing and what we're growing. Because we're not just growing the professional team, growing off-field with all the stuff we're doing foundation-wise, junior rugby-wise, all sorts of stuff. So we're offering quite a lot now and people have looked at that and gone, we've not just sold the first team as a concept, we've sold the actual, this is what we're doing in our community, this is our club, this is where we're at, what do you think? You know, So we're very, very sustainable. Um, two years down the line, who knows what's going to happen? Is, is, is League One going to be cut adrift or whatever? There's, there's all sorts of rumours. There was going to be two leagues to ten. That's not happened. And I would be very surprised if it actually does now. Because that means Super League, two Super League clubs doing turkeys and voting for Christmas, isn't it? You know, it's. I'd be very surprised if that happens. Um, look, we'll make all we're looking at is our business, our club, and what we're doing, and we'll make adjustments as and when moving forward. I think the big thing for us is we're very, very sustainable. We're in a really good spot as a club, and and that's from we've got really savvy business people on our board as well who are making really key decisions. I mean, our CEO, Steve Wilde, is absolutely exceptional in what he does. 
and how we can uh, stretch a pound. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's how you've got to be. So, yeah, I think we'll see what we'll see what the future brings. But the future will include Swinton Lions in what in whatever guys that is. If it's Championship, great. If it's League One, great. We'll, we'll be okay. You mentioned two years is a long time. You've been at the club for about two years now. Where I think you, you're uh, judging by the website, you announced on the sixth of March, twenty twenty, which is just before everything started to started to change slightly in the, the world. week before. Yeah. <laughs> I actually joined the club in the January, and and then it was formally announced on the sixth of March. So then I starts working on the foundation and all the little bits that I'm doing. Um, and then in a week it was shut down. So didn't didn't qualify for furlough, didn't qualify for anything like that. I actually worked the first nine months for free because I think the club's brilliant and what we're doing. And I could see the vision and where we were going and what what this board wanted to achieve. And being part of that was fantastic. So um yeah, it's the commitment for it's just the commitment to our sport and what we love and and everything. And um yeah, so it's been, I won't say it's been a roller coaster, it hasn't. It's been a total vertical journey. I've loved every single minute of it. And, and you'll be one of many across you know, a wide range of clubs in, in the Championship and League One who've had to make those kind of decisions to almost become a volunteer in the past few years to keep clubs going while there's been no money coming in. Absolutely. And But you do it because you love it. And it's, like I so said, I met the. the the board, the existing board we've got now um, in the January through a, through a chance meeting. I've, I've worked in national governing bodies of sport, I've worked for national charities and, and such like. I was still working for a national governing body in another sport. And by a chance meeting, I, on one of their meetings, someone at the meeting, a lady called Claire Benson said, does anybody know anything about rugby league? Swinson are looking to do some development work, X, Y, Z. And I said, so I talked more about the history of Swinton. And she said, don't you know quite a lot? I said, yeah. I said, I work in boxing, which he was at the time. I said, but I'm an absolute rugby league fanatic. I absolutely love rugby league. And I met Steve Wilder, CEO, and the rest of the board. And after that meeting, they said, would you like to come on board and do stuff with us? And, and this is where we're at now, two years down the line, director of development, working in a full-time role, delivering lots and lots and lots of stuff, getting no sleep, um, doing 70 hours a week. But absolutely brilliant. Um, loved it from day one to now, absolutely. Every day is different. No two days are the same. I've got to see, met so many new people, gone to all these grounds in the championship last year that I'd maybe never been, there's a few I hadn't been to. Met people at every club. And there's an authenticity about championship and league one rugby league. And that's not to, super league's great. You know, there's no two ways about it. It's the flagship competition of the sport. But there's an authenticity around championship and league one that, it's not replicated in any other sport. It's it's such it's such the fabric of their communities. I mean, I love going to Sheffield last year. I know we played them in Doncaster. I love that day. I love when we played Dewsbury. We won in the last minute. It was our first win of the season. It was, it was bonkers. But actually meeting all the guys from Dewsbury was fantastic. And going to Batley, going all the places, London Broncos, Whitehaven. It, it was just tremendous. I, I just it's, it's Every club's like a home away from home, isn't it, for its communities. And... I don't think we sell it well enough as a sport, if I'm honest. I think we can, we, it's such a good sport that, and the fabric of the clubs are so good. It's, it's almost a given within the sport. And for me, coming from outside the sport to see it, 
I think it's give it a bit of a unique, a different way of looking at it. And I've explained, I mean, I've shared this view with so many clubs and they're like, oh, we never thought of it that way. And I said, no, well, you won't because you're so you're entrenched in it and you're used to it. But you're actually doing fantastic jobs and people only tell you when you're not doing it right. But actually, a lot of clubs are doing a lot of stuff right and just need that support. And I mean, I think I personally think the RFL are a fantastic national governing body. Having worked in the national governing body and seen what happens... I think the RFL are fantastic and probably don't get the credit they deserve, particularly steering the sport through the last 18 months. I think Ralph, uh, Karen and all those people who've done that, Mark Foster, have been absolutely outstanding and probably don't get the credit they deserve for it. That'll be a popular view with our uh, listeners, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> development, and you're probably right, um, development then is your role. What does that entail? What are you developing in Swinton and the area? Wow, what am I not developing? <laughs> so my role is, is so wide range. So what I've done, we've looked at modernising certain operations within the club, which we've achieved and done. Stuff on match day outside the playing, started to get an improved match day experience, right down to delivering a load of community programmes. Now, we've delivered 24 different community programmes in the last 18 months. Some of them online through lockdown, just supporting people. So right from that, getting new kids playing rugby league. I mean, we've had, I mean, we're, we're right behind, there's a new sort of league over here in Manchester. It's the Greater Manchester Player Development League. We set up the Manchester Lions uh, involved in that. And about 140 young people just with our club involved in that, playing a few games of rugby league last summer. That's going to expand and get a little bit better this summer. Um, working with all our community clubs. So we've also designed a community club development programme. So we've not just got community clubs here. So Folly Lane's our traditional community club based in Swinton, but we're also working with South Trafford Raiders in Altrincham, working with uh, Belfast Belfast uh, Eagles, working with Longhorns in Dublin, um, Devon Sharks. So we've, we've connected all around the country because the reality is... Um, we're trying to develop Swinton and what we are. Yes, we play. We're based where our traditional hometown is Swinton, which is now classed as Salford, but was originally Manchester. We've got order changes in the 70s. So we've got a fan base that stretches right across Greater Manchester. So technically, one of our strap lines is now the pride of Greater Manchester because literally that's what we're becoming. So we're based over there. It's just as we play in the in Trafford, which is just literally stone's throw from Lindenshaw and Salt with 10 miles from Swinton. So if you like, you draw a little circle, sphere of influence. We've got half a million people living within 10 miles of our stadium. So if we can't make this a success, developing and growing our club, and I know it's massive football territory, if we can't grow this club, which we're already seeing the signs of it growing, uh, our season tickets are going really, really, really well. Um, we've got another two months before we kick off for our first game. So a lot of people obviously were buying the last couple of weeks. But we set, a, we set an ambitious target for our season tickets for this year. And we're 60-something percent along that way already. So we're, we're doing really, really, really well. Um, we've also done an offer is anybody under 16 buys, gets a season ticket, it's free. And we've got rid of quite a lot of them. So... It will grow our evening league one. Our crowds will probably grow next season significantly. And so, you've got the, the Lionesses as well, which we'll come on to. Um, yeah. 
just going back to that sense of community and the fact that you're you're at Haywood Road, which obviously looks like it's a a, a comfort relationship. It, it, it's there's no stress on you like there might be at Salford at the moment. But there's been a lot of talk about the need to get back to Swinton and maybe promise of a ground built there, planning permission put in, finance, all that kind of thing that goes with it. Do, do you need to get back to Swinton or can you see yourself becoming a sustainable club where you are at the moment um, and perhaps maybe even going into a ground share there? We have a very, we have a fantastic partnership with Sale, second to none. Obviously, I'm not going to go into the details of it all, but it's brilliant. It's not just a tenant. It's, we're not just a tenant and landlord. We're a partnership. And we do a lot of, we're starting to do a lot of joint stuff together, which is fantastic. I mean, including with the Manchester Lions, we get the use of Carrington, which is the, the junior setup for sale where we can play. And it's fantastic. It's about six pitches, massive clubhouse. We get the use of that um, as part of our tenancy agreements with sale. So, it's not just about Hayward Road. It's a lot more than that. Um, I think, in general, in a utopian world, if £20 million was available and we could go and build on Agecroft or wherever sites are available, then possibly we would. However, we've got the second best thing at the moment, if I'm honest. And how we've developed and what we're doing in the borough of Trafford as well, development-wise... Um, it's a home away from home, if that makes sense. So we've almost got two homes. And now, and you, you've got to look at a club and think it's now in its 30th year since leaving its hometown and it's still here. I don't know many other professional sports clubs that they could say that or it would happen. So there's, there's an ingrained, almost backs to the wall type attitude. We will make this club succeed no matter where it's at or whatever level it's at. And I think we've done that really, really well. I think the fan base we have now is so diverse and lives across Greater Manchester, although the biggest cohort is still M27. That's about 30% of our fan base. I think you would find that when we played in Swindon, that the fan base would have probably been 95% M27. It's now 30% M27. And fans are coming from all other parts of Greater Manchester who, who want to follow rugby league. So I think in that respect, I think it would be, yes, if we could, if the finance was available and the ground could be built and, and great, it could happen. Actually, we come over the other way where fan base is all over that I think we're okay. We're, wherever we will go, I think we'll be okay. But we'll be, we've signed up for another three years for sale. I think that will continue. I can't see why that relationship will change. It's it's good. It's a great little stadium. It suits our needs. Um, great if we can get more people in it and fill it. Fantastic. It would be great to get to the point where we're filling it every week and then someone says, well, actually, we need somewhere bigger. That would be great. I mean, that's five to seven years. We, 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 I know what you like. It's rugby league. People work year to year. We've got a seven-year strategy that we're working through and we're in year one of it. So we've got seven years of working and, and that is flexible and malleable and we're looking at it all the time and we're adding things, taking things away. So it's not rigid, we're quite flexible on where we're going. Um, but I don't think playing, in, I think the fan base itself are quite relaxed about that now. They've realised we've not been in Swinton for 30 years. 
Um, as long as we're doing what we're doing, I think the fan base we've got are really happy with it. No doubt so, someone might tell me different after this because I, I don't think so. We, we've got absolutely fantastic relationship with the fans. We do plenty of fans forums. We've done three in the last year alone. All our social evenings that we have with our fans are, are sold out and packed out all the time. Um, so even even with the threat of COVID and stuff, even just before Christmas, we did um, our shirt launch and all that. And we packed out the Legion in Swinton. I don't know how many hundreds were in there, but it was a problem. Yeah, it was enough. It was full anyway, standing room only. Rugby League's got a strange relationship with the city of Manchester. Uh, it's courted it on a number of occasions. We've had Broughton Rangers there. The the governing body now is is coming to the Etihad campus and is is looking to build on that. Um, You've said that the, the community side of things is embracing the word Manchester. You've been through an exercise where maybe you thought at one stage of incorporating Manchester into, into your team title. Where do you see Manchester sitting in, in the sport? And, um, you know, could, could you envisage a day when perhaps there might be a team that carries that name? Would Swinton be in the vanguard of that? Or is it something that would sit you know, above what you do, but you contribute to? Thanks for an easy question, Phil. That's why we're here. I think where we're at, you, you were aware of before we before this board come involved about the Manchester Lions thing and, and all that, which in itself, the concept of it was actually quite good. Um, I think in delivery, it would have been a difference. Having looked at everything, I think it would be a different situation. So there's a different way of doing this. We personally believe that Swinton Lions can become the team of the City of Manchester or where people of City of Manchester can actually support a rugby league team. So it's about the sport itself. Geographically, we're in a good location. It's right on the trams. It's dead easy to get to. There's all, all, that, all that side of it. If you want to watch rugby league in Greater Manchester, then actually Hayward Road is one of the easiest places to get to. Right next to a tram stop. 10 minutes from the city centre, 15 minutes, I think, from the city centre. When I came involved in the board and I looked at everything, I said, why would you give up a name that was 156 years old to embrace a city next door? Because there's plenty of, there are, there are plenty of sporting organisations around the world that are representative of a city that don't necessarily carry that city's name. So we look at Juventus in Turin or, or whatever. There's, there's, low, there's loads and loads of examples of that. So what you've got to do is make your product good and make your product good so people have then become to attract to that product. So our name of Swinton Lions, there's a lot said for Swinton Lions, 156 years old. The Lions brand itself, we found, is absolutely fantastic with kids. You know, we carry little lions around with us and, you know, little stuffed lions and, and, and giving them out. And So... I think in terms of your question, and I think where you're leading to, will Swinton ever become Manchester Lions? Probably. No. I'm going to nail it now and say no, because we are so proud of the 156-year history of this club that why would you sell it down the road for a prefix of Manchester? We have Manchester on our badge. It says exactly what we are on the tin. Swinton Lions is Swinton Lions. And... We, if we make our offer attractive enough, people, like it's already been proven, 
people will come from all different walks of life to, to support their team. Now, the, I think the biggest sell we have is not so much Swinton Lions, but the sport of rugby league to the city of Manchester. And when you go, and this is one of my things when I come on board and they were talking about, we were, talk, we were talking about rugby Manchester Lions, all people, some were saying yes, some were saying no. And I thought about it. If you put, if you envelop the name of Manchester in your name, you're automatically connected and compared with Manchester City and Manchester United, right? If you look at all the other sports in this city that have tried it, I mean, Sale were Manchester Sale for a while, didn't work. They reverted back to Sale Sharks or reverted to Sale Sharks. The ice hockey, Manchester, whatever it was, the basketball, not none of it has resonated across the communities really that strongly because they're automatically compared with United and City and I think which is the biggest sport in the world and two of the biggest clubs within that sport in the world then we've got to find a different marketplace or a niche marketplace and that's what we're doing so therefore Swinton Lions we hope are is becoming the rugby league club of the city of Manchester but in that name Swinton Lions the smart badge. It's a smart, I, I like the kit this year as well. It, it only just missed out on my top five. That has to be said. Um, Phil only missed out on the top five. I thought that's a smashing kit. No, I like it. I like it. I like the, the sponsor is integrating perfectly as opposed to some other clubs in Greater Manchester. That's all I'll say. Um, the, <laughs> the, uh, blue and white. We'll just leave it at blue and white. Yeah. It's a bit, bit, bit of red, and it's all right. Um, Phil mentioned the Lionesses, played against Salford a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, Women's Rugby League is a growing area. We've been talking about it for years on the programme. Where, where does that sit in with the uh, the Lions brand and, and going forward? Massively integral in what we're doing. Massively integral. Um, we formed the club online because we the idea was we want a women's team. We're going to do it. COVID happened. So when people were sat still, and tapping things on the on getting things online, and they actually started training online together. And it was a year from formation to the first physical training session. So, what was really good about the man, uh, the Swim Lionesses for us is that we've attracted new players to the sport. Players have come from rugby union. Players have come from non rugby non rugby backgrounds. Um, and we we got a cohort of girls about. Quite a lot now. We had our under-16s, Lionesses, won the league. They were in brand new, joined together, scored fifty, no less than 50 points in every game. Uh, that was fantastic last season. They've now integrated into the senior team. Last year, they played, the senior team played about 10 games in the Merit League, one half, because a lot of them were brand new. Um, and I'm not sure what league we're in now. We've, we've applied to go into League One for this year. It's not been announced the league fixtures yet, what league you're in. Because um, the majority of the, the average age of the team is only about 19. So rather than pitch them into a championship level within rugby league, where there's a lot of women who've played a lot of rugby league, we've gone into to league one and we're growing properly from the bottom up sustainably, moving it forward and stuff like that. And it's been absolutely been a breath of fresh air and fantastic for the club. And the women, as much as possible, and I've asked the league, I mean, Depends on the league fixtures, but as much as possible, we're going to do as many double headers as we can this year. Other than that, they're going to play. If they don't play at Awood Road, they'll be playing at Folly Lane. Um, so we've got two places for them to play. Three actually could use Carrington as well. But most of the match, hopefully, depending on when the fixtures come out, if it links to one of our home games, they will play. We'll do as many double headers as we can this year. The Lionesses and the Lions straight after. 
Yeah, yet another guest fill we've had where they speak far too much sense. I, I don't know what I don't know what's going on here. Um, have you got any final things you want to say, Phil? Yeah, only one last question, really. You mentioned that the uh, the league season isn't for a couple of months away, but you've got the Challenge Cup before that, and within it, the prospect of the 1895 Cup final, if you can get through to the last four. Uh, are you ready uh, for West Wales? Are you ready for a, for a run in the Challenge Cup? Yeah. Um, this team is looking quite good at the moment. Like I say, what I watched on, what we played against Salford, a full-time athlete, Super League, we were never going to win that game, but actually it was looking at performance levels and what the lads put in and what they did. Um, and it was a it was a real good tip box exercise, not only a tip box exercise, but actually some really strong performances in it. Um, Sunday, there was strong performances again. They, they've trained really, really, really hard. You can see that they're very fit. Um, we'd like, like all clubs to go as far as we can in the Challenge Cup. We mean, we made the semi-final of the 1895 last year, which was a great day out at York. Obviously, didn't get the result, but, you know, the, the lads performed really, really well in that game. And again, a couple of bounces of ball either way. We're scoring. Unfortunately, they scored, you know, and as it as it goes. Um, I think, yeah, we're in to win every game we're into. It's as simple as that. You know, we, we, we'll reach out and we've got... We're going to play as many games as we can, get as far, hopefully get either win the league or get into the playoffs and get as far as we can in the Challenge Cup and see where see where that leads us. Um, I can't say anything more than that. We're a positive club. It's all about it's all about positivity. It's, there's no negatives to be seen. And we'll look forward. I mean, West Wales, three o'clock Sunday. Oh, I'm not sure if it's two or three at Sunday. Um, it's... It's a tough ask. It's a long distance, and they're a club that, although they've been running second, bottom, bottom the last few years, each year their performance levels have improved. And I know in year one they were getting quite heavily, heavily, heavily scores. Last couple of years at home, anyway, they've not had those heavy scores. So certainly not taking it for granted. The, the lads will prepare really well for that game, and um, hopefully it'll be a great match. Well, Damien, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Far too much positivity, far too much um, enthusiasm uh, for uh, us uh, jaded uh, people here on the other, some would say wrong side of the Pennines. But uh, we wish you well on and off the pitch. And uh, as you say, if, if Hayward Road's only just near a tram stop, I may I, I was told to come across to, to uh, Swinton this year, so I may well make the trip across if I'm allowed across the Pennines at some point in 2022. Of course you are. And once you come, you'll come again. Honest, every, every, everybody who comes for the first time loves it, loves the family atmosphere of the club. I mean, our, our mantra for the club, I don't, I mean, our foundation and club now, is hope, aspir hope, aspiration, chance and choice, because that's what we're giving everybody. Everybody we work with, that's the mantra we work with. And it and it, it's rubbing off and it and it works. If, if promotion is uh, anything to do with enthusiasm, then you're, you're justifiably favourites. I don't play. I'll let the lads. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll talk them up all, all day long. I, I, you know, I'm, but like I say, we are positive as an outlook. We've got a positive group, positive board, positive club. So no matter what, what's dealt with us, we, we, we attack it positively. There's, there's too much negativity in the world, you know, especially coming out the last two years. Let's just be positive. Let's sell our sport as good as it is. We've got World Cup coming up, and the reality, Swint Lions are the, the host professional club in the, of the Borough of the World Cup final. What's not to be positive about that? 
More power to you. Yeah, perfect, perfect way to end. Uh, Damien, thank you very much for your time. It's uh, much appreciated, and uh, uh, best of luck for uh, everything in 2022. Thank you very much, guys. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.